when people are given some tools and they leave with the tools, things change. People behave their way off the results path, so to speak. You know, that's the thing that happens. They don't just fall off, they behave their way off it. And so part of us having, once the fast track's done, uh, the dads go into a program called Impact. So it's all all all-time dads, but they go into Impact and that lasts for 12 months. And the whole idea is we want to support you to get to where you want to be, not give you some tools, some skills and some learning and then let you go. But let's make sure you're supported, you're guided and you're accountable and you're part of an inspiring community and, you know, inspiring other people and inspired by others. That was Sam Patterson. I'm Rich Bolas, and this is the Dad Mindset Show. This week, performance coach and founder of All Time Dads, Sam Patterson, takes us through how he's helping fathers bridge the gap between where they are now and where they want to be. Before we get into that, though, if you've already left a review for the Dad Mindset Show, I want to thank you so much. It really helps others to find it. If you haven't yet, I would massively appreciate it if you did, because after all, everyone loves to feel appreciated, and I certainly appreciate the time you're taking out of your day to listen to this show. That's why I do what I do. Now, on with the show. I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Sam. Sam Patterson, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Rich. Now, Sam, what would I need to know about your upbringing to understand the man you are today? Oh, that is a superior question. I went to seven primary schools. We moved around a lot. My parents would potentially go on holiday and see a business that they wanted to buy and then buy a business and we'd move. And it was extremely difficult changing schools, but I think it's shaped me to be the person that I am, someone who's able to communicate really easily with a a good range of people to be able to fit in and to be able to get over discomfort in my life. It's also partially driven how I want to be a dad to my two boys. I don't want them to have to go through that. One of the things that I found was it was really helpful to have sports skills, to be able to show up, to be able to play cricket, footy, fit in. That was the quickest way that I could fit in. But if my boys aren't that way inclined, then I don't want them to have to fall back on anything like that. I'd rather say, okay, here's the school you're going to be going to. And you can be in that school for quite a while, establish a friendship circle and stick with it. And I think one of the things that I found really difficult too growing up, I had a very easy childhood, by the way. We moved around a bit, but my childhood was magic. I always found it difficult and I probably have until recent years staying in touch with people because it became the norm for me that I would go somewhere, form really strong friendships and then we'd leave and then we'd go to the next place, form really strong friendships and leave and it became a bit of a pattern and I was really comfortable with that and then I sort of discovered as I got a bit more mature that other people wanted to keep those friendships because they were so dear to them and they should have been more dear to me and it's taken me until... I was going to say until adulthood, but until recent years to really figure that out, how important those friendships are to other people as well, and that I could have done a lot better. So I think that's, yeah, for, for you to know a little bit about how I am as a man, I've I had a really interesting childhood. We went to a lot of different places. I, I didn't really have a strong connection with where home was. When people would say, where are you from? I'd find it difficult to answer because we moved around quite a bit, and not as much as some other people do, but still, you know, a reasonable amount. And now I find it a lot easier. You know, we, we've just moved back from the Noosa hinterland. At the end of 2021, we we went chasing some sunshine. We got stuck in, in Melbourne of where we didn't want to be because it's a bit claustrophobic for us, but we got stuck in lockdown for four months at our parents-in-law. I'm sorry, at my wife's parents' place, and they were fantastic with us. 
but we'd moved from Kennet River, you know, where that is. It's a little paradise where nothing was bothering us. And we thought we'll go chase some sunshine. We'll buy a place in the Noosa hinterland. And then we finally got there after the border closures and locked down here and, and then didn't love it. And so we spent a year there and renovated and, um, and moved back and now we're on the surf coast again. We're very happy. It's that sense of that sense of home that I never really had growing up. I felt like now I have, and I know that I love the cliffs, the ocean and all the, the forest down here are what make me feel alive and inspired. And it's really cool to have that sense of home um, back yeah. now or maybe for the first time. Well, I mean, you mentioned home. So do you think it's an environment that you're surrounded by? Or is there a, an element of the friends now that you've invested in? Because it sounds like there was a bit of a watershed moment a few years back with, with relationships. Definitely. It feel, it's, it's kind of a mix of both things. I feel like it is the... The, the environment in which we live, which I feel a really strong connection to and, and when I feel at my best, I'm out in the trails or in the forest and that makes me feel alive and I get real inspiration from it. And then I think there's the other side, having a commitment within myself that I'm here and I want to be here for good. It's where I want to raise my kids. It's where Ali and it's my wife and I want to have a great life together and now I can really put roots down and build on the friendships that we've had from the past, forge new ones and know this is for the long term rather than like it was when I was younger, hey, this might be pulled away from you at any moment and things could change. So with your kids then, and just to uh, double tap on, how many kids have you actually got, Sam? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we've got 15 kids. Um, no, we've got... <laughs> it's only 14. Come on, don't exaggerate. <laughs> actually, I should. I'll go. Just a slight divergence. <laughs> I went to school uh, uh, with a really cool guy and there was 14 kids in his family. Wow. And I used to call his house and say, hello, is Sammy there? And they'd say, I don't know, I'll just check. And they'd come back about 10 minutes later and say, I can't find him. Uh, <laughs> so it's a bit easier at our place. Uh, we've got two boys. Uh, Leo is four and a half and Bo's about to turn three. Nice. Yeah. And do you, do you think that's actually played a big part then of actually wanting to settle down? Definitely. It's, it's been the, the main reason. Um, I've always had it not as, you know, I was going to say I've had a very adventurous spirit, not as adventurous as... Alistair Humphreys, as we were just talking about, but an adventurous spirit, and I'm 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 really open to trying new things and and, and moving around. But now, yeah, at this point, I, men are slow to mature, of course, slower than women. But I've got to this point now, where I say, hey, this is what I want to do with my life, where I want to be, and and find a place that, as a family, we can grow up and know that it's our community and and somewhere we're invested in being. Yeah. Oh, it's been quite a quite a journey over the last few years, anyway, hasn't it? With you moving around, but also with your career as well. Can you talk to us a bit about that, Sam? Totally. So for the past or oh, nearly 15 years, I have been working as a coach of various forms. So as an executive coach, as a leadership coach in professional sport, um, doing different things in that sense that have really been about other people being able to bring out their best with me as their, I guess you'd say as their guide in doing that. And I've been someone who has been focused on pure coaching in a sense, like whatever you bring to the conversation, I'll work with you to be able to find a way to get there step by step. Um, and then as COVID and other things were, I guess, unfolding and when the boys came along, I really wanted to find a way to bring out more of me in my work, something that I'm passionate about, rather than just the, you know, what would you like to work on and, and what are the things that we can do that will get you closer to that point? It's satisfying, but not as deeply satisfying as I wanted my work to be. And I'm in constant reflection about who I am and what I want to be doing. And 
COVID gave some extra time to finding that out. And um, just for a little bit more detail, it was kind of a giant, it kind of felt like a giant stuff up and a passion that came together for me to create what we're doing now. It was kind of, you know, I was asked by a, a number of people to um, create a program for for women, for female executives. And I said, cool, I'll do that. This is a few years ago, a couple of years ago, whenever it was. Um, and so I did. And there was a lot of really, there's a lot of nasty stuff that came out of the woodwork. You know, you're a sexist, you're um, supporting the patriarchy, all this stuff that I really wasn't doing. I just wanted to create a program for the people who'd asked me to do it. Um, and so anyway, I launched this program and it, it just did not, meet my expectations not what I wanted to do I'd just call it a massive flop anyway so I, I was really I was devastated about it and there was all that noise in the background too and um so Ellie and I had a chat and we were talking about what do you really want to do for you not for other people but for yourself what are you passionate about and we we're in bed like we we're in bed at nine o'clock and then we we're talking and talking and then you know I don't know if it was 11 o'clock that night I'm standing up on the bed saying I'm passionate about being a dad I love being a dad I really want to work with more dads and <laughs> and help us to get to the point where we can change the world through our kids um, and potentially you know what would be helpful information here is to to give a bit of background when I was younger I wanted to have kids when I was an adult I really wanted to have kids and then um, as I saw more problems unfold on the earth, for the earth, with the environment, I started to question whether I wanted to bring kids into the world. And then that was, you know, that was a really difficult thing. I thought, how would it be if you bring kids onto this earth and then in X amount of years, the earth isn't as it is now and we've got, you know, a whole lot of problems with it and they have an awful life because of it. So I sat on that for a while and then one day I sort of had this epiphany, hang on a minute, what happens if we have kids? And they can have a positive impact on the on the earth and change it for the better. And other great people are doing that. You know, so that was for me, yes, let's have kids. And now with what I'm doing with all time dads, it's it's all of us dads together being able to have a positive impact on our kids in our own way so they can have a positive impact on the earth, which serves my mission, you know, for my boys who grew up in a world they love. And that's something I know I can't control much of apart from being a really present father for them and, and then allowing them to fulfil their potential. Um, so it's kind of, I don't know if I've gone around circles too much there, no. but that's where we've got to. No, it's great, Sam. It's, it, it kind of reminds me of either leaning into the problem or running away from it. And I think early on, it, it is so easy to become overwhelmed with the environmental sort of damage and situation that we've created for ourselves. But I think for us to run away from it is not acceptable. And and if anything, you're extending your, your reach into the future to try and have an impact. And so, uh, yeah, I, I love that way of looking at it. Mm. I think it's something you said to me the other day too, um, was that this, this work echoes through generations and that really felt good for me that 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 went deep inside i thought you know we're doing work with dads and i say to the dads hey, i'm working with you but we're really the, the impact is in your family we're not just about you the, the you know the stuff that we to do together is fantastic for you but it goes home and then it creates change within the home creates change within the family we've got a whole generation that's changing and as you say if, you know, with it echoing through generations, they, they'll see that the kids will see their dad being a certain way and their mum being a certain way and, hey, that's a role model for me and this is 
like with my dad, I say, hey, I've seen all the things you've done well and I can also see things that I can do better so that (laughs) they get a great role model and they can see ways themselves that they can improve on it for their generations to come. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's almost like inspiring that growth mindset to being a parent because we're just instilled with like this this software software that's automatically uploaded when we're born we're watching it and that's 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 our natural sort of default state of parenting but if we can actually you know sort of step out of that and be more deliberate that's when it gets really exciting because then we can show up as the people we want to be and like you say it's that that then it's it's not just our lifetime it's multiple generations hopefully if we get it right and uh that that is definitely super exciting. <laughs> so, but talk to me more about like missions because like, you have a very structured way of of helping people achieve missions and so on. So, how are you approaching that with you know the work you're doing now, Sam? Mm. So, you know, as you say, we kind of turn up. We've got this program built in, and we need to step away from that. And that's what we do through all time dads. We're giving dads the chance to step away from the norm what's happening in my everyday life being drawn into that i've got a million things going on i also want to be a great dad i want to show up at work and have impact there where we get dads to step back and to to think about first of all how they use their time and the value of presence in that and then to to get a, a really clear picture of who they are when they show up at their best what it looks and feels like for them and then once they've got that they can then start to build a routine about being able to show up at their best every single day and we're not going to nail it let's be honest because none of us are perfect (laughs) but the idea is if we've got that platform to build on every single day and we call it the king of the morning if you've got that routine built in your day is more likely to be successful and that incorporates things such as gratitude um, having a one clear priority for the day that you can build on in terms of a sense of achievement knowing how you want to show up for your family so having a really clear intention about that and also how you'll move each and every day you know that um, being able to, to move your body can shift your state in a really quick way. So, yeah, it's kind of once you've got an idea of what your best looks like, building a day around that, then being able to um, – our pillar three is called balance. So that's being able to put boundaries around your goals and to support you in a way that allows you to be able to achieve your goals and show up at the moments of impact in life and work and also to become really effective at using switches to switch on and switch off when you need to. And there's various things – people can do to do that but unfortunately most of us aren't that successful we go from one role to the I gotta, next i gotta jump in here Sam. <laughs> i feel like i'm drinking from a fire hose like, so could you take a step back a bit because you mentioned pillars you mentioned yeah. the morning routine like could you give us like like the thirty thousand foot view and then sort of dive in because it, it's fascinating but I, I can't even write notes quick enough <laughs> yeah so we've got six pillars that we work on so in all time dads um our program goes a little bit over 12 months. And the first part of that is a fast track, which is eight weeks. And within that fast track, we help every dad to nail the six pillars, which are a cornerstone to being an all-time dad. So pillar one is being inspired, and that is around showing up at your best and knowing what your best looks and feels like. Pillar two is about being intentional for how you show up in your day so you can be at your best more often than not. Pillar three is about being balanced, so having the boundaries in place that support you to achieve your goals and to be able to switch on and switch off when you need to. Pillar four is connected, so being able to deepen and strengthen relationships with the people that you care about. So um, considering how you want to be experienced by other people and the sorts of emotions that you want them to feel when they're with you um, and also the the traits of your communication style with different people and where you can be better and also celebrate the things that you're doing really well. Uh, pillar five is fun. 
So, you know, in all the, the corporate work that I've done over the years, I get invited to come in and help organisations to get clear on their their values and their vision, etc. And when we talk about values, fun's always on the short list, but it never makes the final cut. <laughs> I thought if I've, you know, if I've got my own program, fun is making the final cut. So yeah. fun's a really important thing. And we all know as dads, the more fun that we have, the easier it is. And kids love fun and we For love sure. fun too. It's a natural part of us. Yeah. So it's it's being able to have fun in, in planned and spontaneous ways. And we know with kids that generally the spontaneous stuff can be a lot better. And then pillar six is courageous. And when I say courageous, it's courage in the sense of being able to go after what you want in life. Um, doesn't necessarily mean to jump off a 200-foot cliff and <laughs> yeah. do a couple of somersaults and land in the water. Um, but it is is saying, this is what I want for me. This is what I want, you know, who I want to be as a dad, the things I want to achieve or have, create, be and do, and then putting a structured pathway in place to do that. So in the fast track, we cover those six pillars and get lots of momentum happening. Um, and in between the sessions that we do each week, the, the dads do a momentum builder to build progress, a sense of progress really quickly. Yeah. And, and so, is each week sort of like one day a week, one evening a week? How, how does that look, Sam? Yeah, so we do an hour a week um, as a group, uh, one morning a week. And it's really cool because the gold is in the conversations that happen there. And then in between... Um, the momentum builders are the, you know, each dad's responsibility to go out and do something that gets them to move closer to who they want to be as a dad and where they want to be in the world. And it's really cool the way we set up our community because the dads build a lot of accountability and inspiration and trust in a group, in the platform that we've got between sessions. So when we come back, there's even more gold to discuss and, um, and you know, the ability to normalize challenges, to share ideas and yeah. to be inspired off each other is so cool. And the dads that we work with, and it's amazing, probably no surprise to any of us really, even though I'm saying it's amazing, the ability to open up and be vulnerable is far beyond what I expected. Uh, we all know that dads communicate really well sitting next to each other, whether that's in the surf or in a car or walking side by side. We do that a little bit better than women who are really good with the eye contact and that sort of stuff. But, you know, having these sessions on Zoom in a, in essence in a platform where you are side by side, there is some eye contact, but it's not direct we're able to go really deep really quickly and work on the stuff that's important. And then in between the time when we are together to go out and experiment with some stuff in the real world and come back and report on how it's gone and what's working and maybe things that were challenging and what we're <laughs> going to fix from here on in. Yeah. What, what have been, I mean, you mentioned like the, the surprise, I guess, of guys being able to open up really quickly. What other surprises have you had through that, Sam? It's an interesting one. We've had, uh, well, we had an Olympic gold medalist in our last um, program and one of the things that he commented on was he surprised himself with how quickly he was able to open up. So you've got some fairly focused individuals who can show up and, you know, we turn up to work and we've got a facade on and this is who we are and we're 100 miles an hour and it's all about work and all of a sudden I'm sharing with a bunch of guys who I want to be as a husband um, the tenderness I want to show for my kids, you know, in, in their language, whatever it might be, the stuff we'd never talk about normally. And it's well, stuff that I think most of us would probably struggle to even put into words and write down. Spot on. And so it's, it is about having that structure to allow us to say, okay, well, this is who I want to be and this is who I want to be as a father in particular and as a husband or partner if that's relevant for me and being able to capture a 10-second quest so you can share that and it becomes your compass. You know, when I'm around my kids, this is my quest of, for the type of dad I want to be. 
And it's a really simple reference point for if I'm about to go off the path with that or if I'm doing really well. So, And to hear the dads share that week on week once they've come up with that quest and to hold themselves to it and to be able to push each other. Hey, I reckon you can put a little bit more on that. If this is who you really want to be, you could slightly change the wording. How does it actually work when the dads sit down as a group? So, yeah, we come together and uh, we've got a really clear um, process that we work through every session. Each session we're trying to get closer to bridging the gap between where they are now and where they want to be, not just in life but especially as a dad. So particularly in Pillar 1, that's where we sit down and we we talk about being inspired and this is where they identify their quest for how they want to show up as a dad and who they want to be as a husband or partner if that's relevant for them. But what we do to make it different to normal every week, um, we talk about what's going to happen in the session and then we do a connection activity and the connection activity is something slightly different. So it might be a mindfulness exercise, a movement exercise, um, a particularly challenging question to answer, but something that takes each of us out of the norm and really gets us present to do the work. So we're not just showing up with a million things on our plate and on our minds, but then we have the ability to kind of shift gears and go go up so we can go deeper, faster, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's so, yeah. so important to actually step out of like the everyday phase to actually do anything new because yeah. I reckon we're like 95% on autopilot anyway. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And, and you know, once once we've done that connection activity – we're in a space to dive deeper into the work and there's obviously a theme for each week and if it's one of the pillars, uh, particularly, you know, starting with pillar one, if it's around being inspired, I take the guys through a visualisation exercise so they can get a really clear sense of what it feels like to be their best and what it looks like for them to, to show up as their best every day. And then we go through the process of creating that quest so they can start to get really clear on you know, on who they want to be when they show up as a father for their kids. You know, what are they What are they aspiring to? Um, what are they going to hold themselves to? We have conversations around that just to get them started. And then in between um, week, you know, pillar one and pillar two coming back a week later, there's some work they need to do to to refine it, to practice it, and then to come back and say, okay, so this is what's happening. So there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that constantly helps them to structure the way they show up. Um, and to put things into place so they've got that sense of progress which continues to motivate and inspire them over time. How do you begin to do that, Sam? Is that sort of almost like the, the eulogy exercise where you start with the end in mind? Or And I noticed you mentioned the word feel a lot as well. Like, Can you tease that out a bit? Yeah, I can. So it's really important for people to get a kind of a, a felt sense or a felt experience for who they want to be. So if, it's, if we're using a visualisation exercise, I want them to, to be um, – getting their minds forward to a point in time where they're showing up as the person that they want to be and then being able to take them through an experience from a range of senses of what they'll be um, saying or doing that would demonstrate that they're where they want to be, what they might be hearing from others, how it feels to be there, what the weather might be like, what clothes they might be wearing. So we can really hone in on on what it's like to be that person in that moment. Um, it reminds me of, you know, the inner game of tennis, that idea that it's so easy to actually follow someone. You know, you could, if you see someone do an action, like we're, we're mirroring machines and we're built to follow um, and learn from, from watching and mimicking someone. So what you're saying is almost like you're, you're deliberately creating a version of yourself in your imagination in the future. And that gives you a, like a stake in the ground to sort of mirror to sort of copy from but but it's been a very deliberate creation is it is that very much like a you know a, a a very high sports sort of approach to coaching 
It can be. It's more so appealing to the reticular activating system in our brain and saying, hey, let's put a compass in place that's going to guide us to where we want to be, simple as that. Um, and going back to what you asked about having the, um, you know, beginning with the end in mind, the old Stephen Covey thing, yes, that's part of it is, is knowing who you want to be and, and where you want to get to. The interesting thing about it is even though at the start of um, the fast track we get the guys to write a letter to themselves about where they want to be in different parts of their life and work and family in 12 months, we don't refine that too much until we've gone through some of the other pillars because early days when I was piloting this stuff, we found that the dads aren't quite ready to set their goals early on. They need to do the work in terms of knowing how they want to show up, in terms of putting their boundaries in place, in terms of having a really good morning routine to, to set them up knowing how they want to communicate, having more fun and then getting in the space of, okay, I'm feeling really good now and I can have more clarity and find an ease in setting my goals. So we get a feel for it and then we get a little bit down the track and really refine it and get clear. And it's, it is the Edmund Hillary thing, you know, it's a fuzzy vision. I want to do something adventurous. I want to do something great. Well, let's kind of get that inspiration to do something great and then let's refine it as we get further through. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that obviously there's the eight-week fast track program, but you don't just sort of you know, pat people on the back and send them out the door at the end of that, do you? No, that's a mistake that I've learnt. Um, and that's why I got into coaching. I like seeing people do really well. I still can't explain it any better than that, but I love seeing people do well, <laughs> and now in particular dads. Um, when people are given some tools and they leave with the tools, things change. People behave their way off the results path, so to speak. You know, that's the thing that happens. They don't just fall off they behave their way off it and so part of us having once the fast track's done uh, the dads go into a program called impact so it's all all all-time dads but they go into impact and that lasts for 12 months and the whole idea is we want to support you to get to where you want to be not give you some tools some skills and some learning and then let you go but let's make sure you're supported you're guided and you're accountable and you're part of an inspiring community and inspire you know inspiring other people and inspired by others and we'll see you through you know to get you from the now to where you want to be, not to get you from the now to get a picture of where you want to be, then let you go for it and fall off that path. But let's walk with you step by step to get there. That's great. And I suppose a, a big part of that as well, it sounds like you they've left one environment anyway. And to take them out for eight weeks and then put them straight back into that environment where they're surrounded by the same people with the same attitudes, that's almost like setting yourself up for failure. Whereas if you can essentially, you know, rejig the people that you spend a lot of time with and are invested in then you know you've you've course correct you've set it and charted a new course spot on yeah it's that culture shock thing isn't it if you go somewhere and you change but you come back and it hasn't hey yeah. it's awfully difficult so you're right we put things in place over a decent period of time so that you can change the world around you and move it with you you know if it's your family if it's your partner but your kids, they'll all come along rather than going back and saying, okay, I'm, this, I'm different, everything's changed, let's, let's work with you and make sure that step-by-step step, everything changes with you. Yeah. Now, I've got to ask you about morning routines because I'm fascinated about morning routines. Can you talk to us about that or yours in particular? Yeah, well, uh, let's talk about it in general in, in the sense of exactly what we do in the fast track because it's cool and what I do in my life mirrors this as well. And if I go off paths at certain times, you can pull me back. But one of the really important things that we want to start with is gratitude because we know it's so good for our brains, the chemicals it releases straight away. 
benefits on our state, on our mind, in terms of happiness, health. It's got so many benefits. Um, but what we love to do at home is a really cool one. We sit around the breakfast table and we'll each share what we're grateful for. Um, and it was really funny, you know, when Bo had just turned two, we'd ask him each morning what he's grateful for. And he said fruit bats for, <laughs> I don't know, about 10 days in a row, then it became tomatoes. But the other day, Leo was out making breakfast with me for everybody um, and then when we sat down to eat breakfast, Ali asked Bo, what are you grateful for today? And he said, for Leo making my breakfast. And so he's not three and he gets it. And so it's a really cool way to start the day. So we've got that, that sense of gratitude to start the morning. Um, and then we want to be thinking about, okay, what's the priority in my day for, you know, the number one thing that I want to get done that's going to help me to feel a sense of progress that I can build on and priority being singular, um, and from there, how will I move today that's going to get me going? And then, um, you know, what's my intention for how I want to show up as my family? And, and so to talk to you about today, I got up and at quarter past five and took Lily, our dog, for a walk. I've got a really sore toe, so I was going to run, but I ran yesterday and rode my bike the day before. Um, so I went down the beach with her and we watched the sun come up, which is really cool. Um, and as we're walking and she's doing her thing, I'm, I'm going through my mind what I'm grateful for in my life and and I've done that every day for, I don't know, to be 10 years, um, you know, to think about all the things that I've got that are really fantastic and reflecting on the things that I also want to be better at and I spend more time on the gratitude side than the thinking about what I want to be better at because I believe that, you know, if I can spend the time thinking about what's good um, and I guess having an intention to bring more of that good into my life, that's going to happen. Um, and you can see around here, I've got some things that uh, help me to be really focused in my day, you know, using a Kanban board and that sort of thing to be really specific about how I move tasks from one stage to the next. I, I never get my head too too foggy on that and having some really clear goals that I'm working on in business and in life. Well, tell yeah. us a bit more about that because obviously it is just – can you describe the sheet? So Yeah, so it's um, – and it's it's part of what we do in All Time Dads as well. You know, we want people to be able to see their, their big vision and how you can go from the big vision into the daily and weekly tasks that will move you there. So it's being able to identify what's important for you. And some people love to have a vision board. And, again, that's um, that's that reference point, beginning with the end in mind and knowing, okay, this is what it will feel like to be there. Um, this is who I want to be when I get there, you know, the sorts of things that I want to have create, be and do. That's cool to have the vision, but then obviously from a vision we need to to be able to break it down into the smaller projects or goals that will move us closer to them. Do you think that's where people trip up? You know, they have this sort of like three-year-away vision or five-year-away vision, but then they don't know what's the next step. What's the thing that I do right now? Yep. All the time, all the time. And there's always, you know, that's always been my view too. Someone comes in, they talk about a goal. Well, unless it's the Olympic Games, which is often you need some genetics to help you to get there, <laughs> with just about every other goal, cool, we can break it down into a step-by-step process. You know, once you've got that, if you've got the big vision, we can identify what are the 10 options, projects, goals over the next one to three years that will move you closer. And from there, what are your three big rocks over the next three months or two or three big rocks over the next three months that you need to focus on most? And with those big rocks, what are your most important actions each week to get you there? So we're we're distilling it down to two most important actions a week that they need to take so it's not overwhelming and they're the things that they know are a direct connection to getting them to their vision over time. Yeah. And how long would it generally take for people to tease out what those rocks are? I mean, is it, is it, is it like the full eight-week program that would, that would 
help them get to this stage? Because I find that that seems to be one of the hardest things to actually attain that clarity without sort of changing track all the time, you know? Yeah. So it's a great question. Um, and it's kind of what I was mentioning earlier. If we get to the end of the fast track, you know, our six pillars around being courageous, once they've done the other stuff, it's only that week that they need to spend getting really clear on the vision being broken down into goals and projects and options in the one to three year space, and then down into their two big rocks and then down into their two most important actions for the week. Well, two to three, but two's enough. Um, so it only takes a week once you've done the pre-work, if that makes yeah. sense. But if you try and do it at the start, it can become a real mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're flipping exactly and flopping and changing. Like. Okay, I thought this would be cool, but now I've actually, it's what you see in coaching all the time. People come and say, I want to work on this. And if you're really skillful in how you coach them, after a week or two, that changes anyway. Yeah. So if you do the the pre-work, in essence, that gives you a chance to experience more of what your best feels like and to see more clear, more clearly through those eyes of your best self, it is a lot easier to become clear on your vision and then the goals and, and actions that we get you there. Do you think as well, we, we spend so much time up in our heads also and, and we don't fully like let the body play a part in this too? Totally do. Because yeah. you've mentioned movement a couple of times. And what, how important is that in the whole process? Oh, super important. It's the thing we need to be doing every day. And I think for men, you know, we've got this really difficult thing that, for those of us who care. Um, our kids come along and we want to be a really supportive partner. And we've also got a really physical side and we want to be out moving. And there comes a point where we need to have that conversation in our family and with our wives or partners that, hey, I need to get out and do some stuff, so I'm at my best. And it was really cool with with Ali and I, you know, when the boys come along, I, I sort of sacrifice that. Actually, should I say this? Ali and I always um, have this conversation. There's no sacrifices. There's only choices in life for the, for the majority of it. Um, I sort of let this part of me go where I thought if Ali can't be moving, I can't be moving either. It's not fair. And then she said to me one day, hey, you really need to get out and do more because it's better for you. And we had this really good conversation around it. And we're trying to find a, a, a ground, a middle ground, I guess, in essence, where we can both express ourselves physically, get out and exercise, do the activities we love because we know we show up better when we do it. And as soon as we had that conversation, things change things change. We both, you know, worked our calendars to make sure there's plenty of time. And, you know, if I go out for a ride on Saturday morning, I don't go out for ages anymore, um, you know, an hour, get the, the blood pumping and then Ellie can go for her run. And then we mix things around so we both get what we need and it really helps us to set up our day well. How long did it take you to come to that point though? I reckon it would have been two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two it, years, yeah. It is, It's but it's such an important. Sarah and I were talking about this very thing this morning when we were walking the dog. You know, the, the whole idea of tag teaming, I think – I don't know about, well, it sounds like you're in exactly the same boat as me. When you start out, you feel like you've got to help with everything. You've got to be in there for everything. And then you feel like I'm not doing those things that I know feed my soul and allow me to sort of show up in my best. Mm. And um, to actually sort of have that realization, go, no, no, I really need to get in the water and go for a swim or I really need to, you know, you know have a coffee with a friend, whatever it is that feeds your soul. You gotta, you can't sacrifice that stuff and expect to perform at your best, can you? You cannot. No, you you end up feeling crap on the inside because there's part of you that you, not only not expressing, but you know how quickly it makes you feel good. You go out for a run or a cold water swim, whatever you do, and you know straight away, hey, I feel alive and I feel inspired. <laughs> and I know for me, coming up with um, thing, you know, ideas for business. 
as soon as I go outside and I walk in the forest or in nature, I'm inspired. It's immediate. And when my body's moving, that happens. If I'm not doing that, it just disappears. So it's such an important part. And then you go out and you think, hang on a minute, I feel great. And there's such a strong connection between our mental health and movement as well. It's why don't you do this more often? Yeah, it's a great tool, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. And that's what's, that was one of the things that really bothered us about being up in the Noosa hinterland is we had to jump in the car to go to places and then also they, they let they let horses into um, state parks but they won't let dogs. So that, that bothered ah, us as well. So wild, when, when we come back, we can take Lily anywhere we want and she's a great companion so she has a great life and um, we can go out and do the things we want uh, in places that inspire us. And feel good, and it's really easy here. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose, and the kids must be really getting into that now as well. Oh, so much, you know, and that's this is a great thing in Kennet River. Um, Leo, when he was little, he he, you know, he's a bright kid, and he got a sense of sizes, shapes, colours, everything from nature because we spent all of our time in nature. And, and Ali's an amazing mum. You know, when I was working, she has them out rain, hail or shine. She was known for that. Um, freezing cold weather, they'd be out in their wet weather gear and just getting dirty and playing in the national park, and that's what we did every day, you know. And I'd take the boys up, and we get, you know, we just get kind of lose ourselves for a couple of hours because you're just playing in dirt, building stuff, pretend chainsawing, whatever they want to do, looking at koalas. <laughs> um, but it makes you feel so good. It, it, it's it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Sarah Sarah's program, Kids in Nature, is all about that because you know. I love that German phrase, there's no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate choice of clothing. And you see the, the forest schools over in like the, the, the um, Northern Europe and so on, they actually have school outdoors every day. There's no classroom. Like they're just outdoors doing stuff in nature. And the kids are so resilient and they've just got such a good handle on, on life. Mm. They're not sort of inoculated, you, isolated from nature. They're, mm. they're part of it. Mm. Which is the way we're meant to be. You know, out there doing it, living life rather than sort of um, pigeonholed or yeah. stuck, you know, stuck behind a desk and not able to move and not able to experience the things that, I guess, make us feel good and connected to the earth and alive, yeah. Now, I've got to ask Sam, do you have any guys that go through the program and have that real sort of, oh, man, I've got to shake everything up, like those real big moments of almost like st- highly structural change to their lives? Yeah. Yeah, all the time, and it's massive. So one of the things that we do in week one before, so we've got a week a week one before we do our first pillar, um, we look at where time is going, so how you're spending it, how much time goes to work, how much time spent at home and with the people you love, and in particular how present you are for that, so we can get some data on it. You know, if we're five out of ten, six out of ten presents, we're losing many hours, you know, and five out of ten or six out of ten in terms of being present is fairly generous for some of us at how, times. How do you actually measure that? Uh, we've got a calculator that, that captures it all, captures all the data so they can go in and do an activity that has a look at where all their time goes, where they're wasting time, where um, they've got distractions that bleed their time as well. And then what we do is come up with a... Uh, a weekly figure for how much time they can get back if they're more present and cut their distractions and also how much that equates to over the course of a year. And the amount is generally around 1,500 hours <laughs> for a year. Um, and we've seen way bigger numbers than that. Way, one of the guys that um, I started doing this program with individuals at the start before it became a group program it was about 60 hours a week. It was an extraordinary amount of hours, you know, from working all day every day and when – he was at home 
could not stop thinking about work um, and he loves his family. He's a family man, but this is a thing he's so caught up in running his business and the cycle he was in. And you can change things really quickly. So it's a massive kind of, I think one of the dads described it as a kick in the nuts and lots of them <laughs> say, hey, I'm really not a good dad, but that's not the point. The point is to have a look at what's happening right now so we can put some changes in place to to make things better. Yeah. Um, and one of the dads, you know, who's just gone through the last program in Hong Kong couldn't even he said, I can't do this calculator. Everything in his words, he's a Canadian, everything's a hot mess at the moment. I can't do this calculator. I really need to fix some things up to be able to go back in and do the numbers because his life and, and his business had become a blur and there was no lines in between. So he couldn't even identify where his time was going for both. All right. But, you know, being able to do that is your first step. Then you can start to put structure in place, which changes it really quickly. Yeah. Mm. And how, like... What would be the advice then for someone that feels that they're in that hot mess right now? What would you say to a dad in that situation? To simplify, to step back, you know, you want to focus on what's going well and there are always things that that are going well. You know, if if I ask you, Rich, to score yourself on something out of 10 and you say I'm a three, cool, let's focus on the three first. What are you doing well that's given you a score of three rather than a zero? So I think if you feel like you're in a mess, what are the things that are happening now that are serving you in a positive way? And then we can start looking at the things that might need to be um, improved upon. But I think if you've got that mindset of, okay, I'm doing some things well, what are the things that are working for me now? What habits do I have in place that will serve me going forward? That'll give you an opportunity to take the good stuff forward and then start to strip away all the other junk that's getting in the way. But there's no... There's no one sentence answer that would fix that apart from recognizing where you are, what's working, and then, okay, what do we do from here to kind of well, fix it? I love the way that you term that, Sam, because like it is, it's recognizing that we're not like one, I want to say 100% shit. Like, <laughs> like if it's above zero, like there's, you, you're already doing something worth you know, worthwhile working towards the direction you want to be in. And I think it's so easy for us to forget and lose sight of that and just be so tough on ourselves going, oh man, I am just completely, you know, doing a rubbish job here. Whereas when you say it could be three out of 10, but hey, three, that's that's pretty good. It's just mm. flipping the, the frame, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And often, you know, the the whole thing about the work that we do is dads are showing up for their kids, but they're showing up physically. They're not yet there emotionally. They're not yet present enough. So there's a real positive there. Okay, you're making the time to, to, to be home, to spend time with them, but unfortunately you're really distracted when you're doing it your mind's on work or other stresses, whatever it might be. So recognizing those things are the important first step. And then, you know, it's not an easy fix for most of us. And that's why we've got a really structured program in place to help people walk through it. So it's one of the dads recently described, they've got all these things out in the ether. And now there's a structure to put them into place. All the ideas. <laughs> I've got a, bo- I, a box to yeah, put them in. <laughs> for how I want to be and how I want to show up, there's a pathway to do it rather than I'm so busy and got so many things on my mind. I don't know how to pull them all together and make them work. And yeah. I think if you... You know, my view's always been if you can um, have incremental change and do each step really well and even experiment with each thing and if it's not perfect, you can always work on it. But put one thing in place, do it well. Put the next thing in place, do it well. That's where you build on it. it. And it goes back to that king of the morning routine. If you can get your morning routine really tight, you can build your day around that and keep doing it every single day. And then there's there's no way that you can fall off the path in essence. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, totally. <laughs> it's getting me excited. The I think 
I, I love the um, reference you made to the two things that you focus on a week because I think it's great to pull it back to obviously you've got your morning routine, but then you've got the things that are like the most important thing of the day and then the two big things for the week. What sort of things would those be? Have you, can you share some examples maybe? Yeah, I can. They really vary. You know, we've got dads who have their own businesses. We've got dads who are really focused on helping their kids through their education if they've got different educational needs or not really flying at school. Um, so I can think of a couple of dads, you know, one of them might have um, – their most important action might be to bring their whole team together if it's a business from across the world and have a conversation around um, the things that they want to achieve in the coming year or or how they show up for their customers like that can be a really business side, business side of things and the next one could be hey I want to help my son who's not loving school at the moment to to do some things that are educational that help him to feel confident about himself so I know for my most important action this week that I'm going to chase up some um, some contacts on that or a resource on that and so it's I've given two really extreme examples but it's whatever's most important to keep them moving towards their big rock or their goal for the and it doesn't have to be massive yeah. I mean that could be as simple as oh yeah my my child still can't read an analog clock need to figure out maybe some some cool activities we can do to actually learn how to tell the time or something like that and it's like okay I'll stick that in the calendar there's you know a chunk of time I'm going to sit down and we're going to go through that together or maybe 10 minutes a day yep spot on and that's one of the things that I'm always encouraging is if you make it 10 to 20 minutes that's enough you know, the 20 minutes better spent there and focus 20 minutes is going to give you so much back rather than feeling overwhelmed and never doing it. So yeah. the other thing we do is make sure we can track those most important actions so you're accountable to them, put them out there, say you're going to do and we can follow up and find out, you know, find out how you went and what worked and what didn't. So there's sort of no way you can lose it. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in, you know, we'll support you to get all the way through. You can call out what you want to do and how you want to do it and we'll make sure that it gets done. Having someone to keep you accountable as well, I think that's key. Because uh, if it's, you can always come up with great excuses for yourself as to why you don't have to floss your teeth at night. You know, <laughs> I love that Ted Lasso uh, sort of comment about, oh yeah, well, when I'm up late, like you know, trying to rationalise not flossing my teeth. You know? <laughs> but um, it's so so good to have uh, a group of people around you that that want you to succeed. I think that's that's so important. Mm. It's unreal. And to know that everyone's there for the same reason you are, we're all on a quest to be the best dad we can be. That is the thing that's driving us all. We know we can never get the time back. So that's this is a, you know, a big motivator uh, and a big, it's accountability in itself. But then if you've got other dads who are saying, hey, this is what I'm working on. And you say, that's cool. I want a, a piece of that for me too. And I want to support you to do it. And, you know, you'll end up supporting me. It's a really cool thing. Do you, I mean, do you find there is that cross-pollination as well? Like some guys yeah. go, hey, I've come across the best resource for this. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Epic. Because we want to share. Um, and I think if there's a, I don't say shortcut because men aren't lazy, of course, but, um, you know, if there's a way that someone what? can do it, why reinvent the wheel? If you know it's going to work, get on and do it. Or if one dad tries something that sounds a little wacky and it's working, then others are going to want to know about it too. Yeah, and having those multiple options as well, rather than you having to find it all yourself, because I think that in itself takes a huge amount of time and there's a lot of luck involved in that. Whereas if you've got a whole bunch of guys around you that are all searching in different directions, you're going to come across some resources that you'd never find that might actually be way more appropriate to your style anyway. Mm, spot on. And the, you know, the, pref the, 
the differences in how we all approach things and our brains, you know, you're a, an engineer. Uh, <laughs> different way. Of, yeah. <laughs> my father-in-law is an engineer. You know, um, that's not the way my brain functions. I'm low on logic and high on other things, of course, Rich. <laughs> um, but we've got dads in the group that um, bring different skills and different strengths and different abilities to, to learn or to share information, that sort of stuff. And because there's a mix, that's what works. If we're all the same, it'd be bloody boring and <laughs> yeah. we'd get nowhere. So, yeah. Ah, Awesome. Anyone that loves spreadsheets? <laughs> I love this is a funny thing. I love spreadsheets. <laughs> Ellie's always laughing at me for that. I've got hundreds and hundreds of spreadsheets for everything. They're amazing things. <laughs> yeah, they are. Especially the beautiful ones. <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is. Oh, I met one guy recently. Absolute legend. Just loved making spreadsheets. But he wouldn't just make a spreadsheet. It would be aesthetically amazing. And you know, you just wanted to engage with it. Whereas, ah, oh, for me, it takes a few iterations to get to anywhere close to being sort of easy on the eye, should a we thing say. Of beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, if you had your time again to go right the way back to when you had your first son, what would you sort of whisper in your ear, do you think, Sam? Be patient. Yeah. In the sense that... Um, yeah, there were some times early where life was really hard for him um, and it's, you know, you're tired, you're knackered, three in the morning, four in the morning, you haven't slept and, you know, it's gone on for weeks and there's one particular time that comes into my mind where he was, you know, you probably see, I'll get emotional talking about this, where he was um, really pushing his, his hand into my throat really hard. It's three in the morning, he's screaming and, you know, I was getting so frustrated and annoyed with him and... He's just a baby. You just got to love him. You know, he was so beautiful and, and he also, um, yeah, he struggled with reflux. You know, he threw up nonstop. He was always in pain in his stomach and that went on for about 12 months. And so if I went back, I'd say just be patient. Find a way to look after yourself a little bit better, you know, in that because when you're not sleeping and when you're flogged and if you're not talking to anyone, it's it's hard work um, because they're the most – you, you know what it's like. They're the most amazing things in the world and you love them more deeply, <clears throat> excuse me, than you can love anything else on earth. That's what it feels like to me. And so if I went back and got a whisper in my own ear, I'd say, hey, there's going to be times here where it's going to feel really, really hard over the next couple of years. You're about to have a couple of kids in short succession. Um, enjoy those moments. You know, don't don't get carried away. I don't get caught up in, in focusing on being tired in terms of um, what's hard. Just enjoy the, the light in between, if that makes Look sense. Look for the gems. Look for the gems, yeah. yeah, and be more present. You know, there's the way we're technology set up these days, we, we're so connected to it. It makes it really difficult and um, – I've got really good things in place now. As soon as I see the driveway when I get home at night, I turn my phone off before I go into the driveway and those sorts of things. And it's like you can enter another zone really quickly. And if, you, if you're constantly connected to your devices or anything, you can't. And when you're off them, all of a sudden, hang on, the world opens up and I can really be in this moment and see the kids for how beautiful and joyous they are and how much fun it is to be together. And simple moments can become amazing. And I think in that... 
in those early days, you know, you've kind of, you've got tiredness, you, um, and for me, you're kind of trying to keep yourself awake at different times. So you might be looking on your phone or whatever when you're up doing things and it just become a, a bit of a blur that didn't feel good compared to now where it feels unreal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Sam. I love it. Well, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and time with us today, Sam. It's been really great. And I'm so impressed with the work you're doing and I can't wait to hear more about the program and it going from strength to strength. Thank you so much, Rich. It has been a pleasure. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to Sam. If you'd like to find out more about how he can help you as a dad, I'll leave links to his website on thedadmindset.com. While you're there, if you'd like to receive updates for the show and have show notes sent right to you, you can simply subscribe to the weekly newsletter. I promise to only ever send things I think you'll like and will help. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week and enjoy your caffeinated beverage. Mm -hmm.